Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Live from our WSBT Radio studios in downtown South Bend. Let's go! Come on! Ah! Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Wow, don't blink. A lot of major intestinal fortitude going on here. On your home for Notre Dame football. Knocked down by Wooden. The game is over. The Irish has upset Florida State. Notre Dame is number one. And Notre Dame basketball. Number one ranked UCLA Bruins have been upset by the Irish of Notre Dame. Good! Arike Ogunbowale wins the national championship for Notre Dame. Plus fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame. 3.7 seconds away from a spot in the national championship game. The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, yeah. how about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT, WSBTRadio.com, the free WSBT radio app. Big time budgets. Now, here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner, Darren Pritchett. It's a sunny day in downtown South Bend, Indiana, and we are just a few days away from another Notre Dame football home game. Just a few miles away at iconic Notre Dame Stadium where the Fighting Irish playing their third game of the year overall. Second at home will look for victory number one for the season and for head coach Marcus Freeman. The Fighting Irish of Notre Dame will take on the California Golden Bears Saturday, 2.30 kick. Hear the game on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Pre-game coverage starts at 8 a.m. We're up early. Hopefully you will be as well. I'll be joined once again by Tyler Horka, the Notre Dame football Beat reporter at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com for game day sports beat powered by Michelob Ultra. That program airs from 11 until 1.30. We follow the Legacy Heating and Air game day show. And, of course, after the game, don't forget Jim Arizari, Reggie Brooks with the official Notre Dame football post game show. Everything you need for Notre Dame football in one spot. 960 AM WSBT, our pregame shows, of course. You can check them out at WSBTradio.com and the WSBT radio app. Hopefully you're having a great Wednesday this September 14th of 2022. It is 10 minutes after 5 o'clock, and we have a full show today. We're on the air until 7 o'clock. The South Bend Cubs have an off day today in their postseason run. So, We can talk a lot of Notre Dame football over the next couple of hours and a lot of credit to Marcus Freeman for putting out his two offensive coordinators to the media last night. Offensive coordinator Tommy Reese 
Defensive coordinator Al Golden both met the media for about 10 minutes. And this is while this football team is off to a shocking 0-2 start. Last year, Notre Dame lost to Cincinnati, and Brian Kelly sent walk-ons to the media rather than the people that were supposed to come to the media session. That's just a different maturity level in the head coaches. So it's good to see Marcus is going to treat this just like they're 2-0 and do what he needs to do to get the word out about this football team. And you know what? People get held accountable by having an opportunity to speak to the media. So that's one of the great things about Coach Freeman. He has made player and assistant coaching assistant coaches more accessible to the media, which means you, the football fan, you, the Notre Dame football fan, get to hear more from those individuals. So it is definitely a win-win. We will play back some of the Tommy Reese press conference. Also, a little bit of defensive coordinator, Al Golden. Also coming up on the program, we have our My 5 question of the day. Five keys for the Irish defense to have success against California. Mike Singer, normally on the program on Tuesday, a day late this week. He'll join me coming up in about an hour from right now. And we're going to spend some time talking about the future of the Notre Dame quarterback position with Tyler Buckner now being lost for the season. And Drew Pine takes over, Steve Angeli now number two, and the Irish do not have a quarterback in the class of 2023. They have C.J. Carr in the 24 class. How important is it for Notre Dame to get a grad transfer for next season? Is that something that is going to be on their radar? Mike and I are going to talk about that subject. Also a little bit about Jeremiah Love, a kid from St. Louis, offensive player, running back that visited Notre Dame Marshall weekend. We'll talk 2025 commits and more. Mike Singer joins me to talk recruiting in just about an hour here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. And man, last week, the sports wagering segment was red hot. We couldn't miss. This week, rice cold. We can't hit the broad side of a barn. But we'll press on with the sports wagering segment coming up here in about an hour and a half on your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. The first pitch of the first pitch of the night. And we are ready for the first pitch. Into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. And my first pitch to you tonight is Tommy Reese trying to provide answers to why his offense right now is 117th in the country in scoring offense. Ten points against Ohio State, 21 against Marshall, 31 points on the season. That is 15.5 points per game. Playoff teams, high-powered offenses, now get up around 40 points per game. Right now, the Irish are at 15 and a half, and they try to get better on offense. As I mentioned, without their starting quarterback, Tyler Buckner, the sophomore, his second start was last Saturday, suffered an injury to his non-throwing shoulder that needs surgery out four months. Drew Pine, the junior, we saw him against Cincinnati and Wisconsin last year, now gets his shot to show 
what he can do with this fighting Irish offense. But this offense is looking for an identity. It's looking for consistency. We've seen some flashes, but not enough flashes. Keep in mind, against Ohio State, the head coach wanted a very conservative game plan, run the football, milk the clock. Only 18 pass attempts in that game. More of a variety on offense last Saturday against Marshall. But 15.5 points per game is 15.5 points per game. At the end of the day, we can talk about total yards, completion percentage, yards rushing, red zone efficiency. Those stats are all great. They are important. Not trying to minimize them. But at the end of the day, are you putting points on the board? And right now, the answer is Notre Dame is well below average nationally in that category. Tommy Reese has always had Brian Kelly over the top of him in the pecking order on offense. Even though Tommy was the offensive coordinator, he was running Brian's offense, and Brian could always help along the way fix things that needed tweaked. They fixed things last year on the offensive line. They went more up-tempo, and that made this football team a whole lot better and went from a season that could be lost to one that made a New Year's Six Bowl game. Now can Tommy fix this with Brian Kelly in Baton Rouge? That's to be determined, and that's not a negative. I'm not trying to down Tommy by saying, I don't know if he can do it because I don't know. He's by himself for the first time. It's not uncommon to think like that. As a fan myself, I entered the baseball season saying to myself, you know, as a Cardinal fan, I want to believe Paul DeYoung is going to hit better this year, but I need to see it. Well, I didn't see it. And as a Bronco fan, can Nathaniel Hackett, our new head coach, I know he can call plays, but what about game managing situations? Holy cow, I guess I learned that the other night. And even this year, Over the summer, right before the season got underway, there was a list of things I needed to see. One of them was, can Tyler Buckner be efficient consistently as a pocket passer? That's still to be determined. That's an incomplete. I don't know. So saying, I need to see it to believe it is not a negative. It's just the reality. I need to get a little more information before I'm totally sold that this is going to get fixed. Tommy Reese last night was asked if he was surprised by the lack of success for his offense through two games. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, you'd hope you have a vision and you go out to execute it and plan better. But look, it all starts with me. Um, you know, I got to be better. I got to give our guys a better opportunity to succeed. I got to do more to make sure that everybody knows what's expected and what we're trying to accomplish. Um, you know. You're around this game long enough. I don't think surprise is the right word, but you know we're extremely driven to make sure that we fix it. I think they're all surprised, honestly. Can't really say that as a coach. You can't say you're surprised. You got to talk about fixing what is ailing you. And they're going to have to fix it without their starting quarterback who – Beat out Drew Pine in fall camp because they saw a direction with the offense which better fit Tyler Buckner. Now Buckner's gone. And you have to pivot a tad bit 
with Drew Pine as your starting quarterback. When I think about Drew Pine, I think about a guy that can move around a little bit in the pocket. I think he is a very confident football player. I don't believe he is afraid to make the big throw or stand in in a rush to deliver the football. I do have concerns about accuracy and the ability to maintain possession of the football. I worry about the turnover. Buckner was really good against Ohio State taking care of the football in a conservative game plan. A couple of picks, a pick six in that Marshall game were huge. Marcus Freeman is stressed. My quarterback has to take care of the football. That is something that has me a little concerned going into this next stretch of games. To be fair, Drew's got to settle in, but the great news is Drew is going to have a full week to prepare. When you enter a ball game on the fly, it is a little different. You don't get all the reps. You don't have a, a total feel for the game from in the pocket. Pine had all week to prepare for this start against California. So he has taken a majority of the reps. This is his offense. This is his game. So we'll see how efficient he can be in this matchup against Cal. Offensive coordinator, quarterback coach Tommy Reese on losing Tyler Buckner. Yeah, terrible. You never want to see anybody get hurt. Um especially someone who's put in all the work and time and does everything the right way like Tyler does. You know, we all feel for him. You know, the whole program feels for him. I think when your starting quarterback gets hurt, you know, everybody rallies around that. Um, we got a great team of doctors, medical staff. The support's been unbelievable for him. Um, I know he's doing well, and uh, we'll continue to support him and be there for him. And I know he'll attack his recovery and be ready uh, as quickly as he can. Great idea to have a media session where there are moving vehicles that make a lot of noise in the vicinity. All right, so Tyler Buckner, gone for the season. We have to think about this year. There are a bunch of players going through their final year of eligibility. They want to go out the right way. Jared Patterson, Bo Bauer, even guys like Michael Mayer, off to the NFL more than likely after this year. The dreams of the playoff and a title are gone. Now you have to reset your goals. For Tyler Buckner, we look at the future, and he's going to lose 10 football games that he could have started, gained experience, became a better football player that is not only going to help him and his football team this year, But dare I say, as we look way far down the road at 2023, makes things look a whole lot different. Maybe a different feel for who Tyler Buckner is. I don't know about you. Maybe we're on the same page, but we saw Tyler for two games, and we saw him in bits and pieces last year. But don't we still have that feeling we don't know exactly everything about who he is and who he might be able to become. Two games as a starter is not enough, and he really didn't even play quarterback the first game. He was a game manager. Cut it loose a little more in the second game. So I still feel like I have the same questions about Tyler now that I did before the season started. 
So you've got a 23 football team that looks pretty good on paper. But if you don't have a quarterback, what do you have? Drew Pine's going to have his chance to, like, I guess, stake his claim to what the quarterback room might look like in 2023. Again, I'm not bypassing the rest of the year. Win games, win games, win games. Try to get the most out of this season. But you also have to keep an eye on next year. We can do that as fans, media members, coaches, players. A little different story. But as you look at the next year, you feel like you got a pretty good roster, but how good are you if you still have a quarterback question? Buckner? His experience going to next year is pretty much complete from a game-playing standpoint. Drew Pine has his chance to shine the next 10 games. Maybe Steve Angeli gets an opportunity to show what he can do. Here's Tommy Reese on Buckner missing out on all of those games left on the schedule. I mean, certainly nothing replicates game experience. I mean, there's no secret to that. Um, there's certainly strides that you can make. You know, when you're removed from playing for that long and extended of a time, you really start to look at the game from a different vantage point. And the challenge for him is to be able to grow as much without being on the field. And you're going to take, be able to take a step back, look at it from a different way. And there are certainly ways to grow and, and learn and become better from doing that as well. Hey, watching tape is valuable. Watching from the sideline, terrific. But pulling the trigger, there's nothing like it. Tommy's exactly right. He would know. He's been in those shoes. I look at next year a lot different if Tyler Buckner's my guy the rest of the year. Now I just kind of feel like I did this summer. Kind of wait and see. What do we got? So what about the transition now from Buckner to Pine leading this offense? Again, offensive coordinator, quarterback coach, Tommy Reese. Yeah, there's certainly things that Tyler does at a high level that, um, you know, we'll adjust to or pivot from and, and continue to find ways to move the football. Um you know, we have a lot of faith and trust in Drew. Um, we're building that in Steve right now. You know, it's, it's our job to make sure those two guys are ready to go play and go win a football game. And, um, you know, the good thing is Drew's been in the system for a long time. You know, we've had a lot of different routes and pivots and, and things that we've done in the offense over the last three years that he's been exposed to. So, you know, I really don't anticipate much changing and continue to move forward and, and get those two ready to go. All right, so there you go. Doesn't expect a whole lot to change with the offense. I- I still feel like the read option, that looks totally different. The ball stays in the hands of the running back most times, right? I mean, Drew can move a little bit. He's just not Tyler in that area. Pine might be able to throw the deep ball better than Buckner. That's my expectation. Man, the first half, the ending, that deep throw that Tyler missed. Oh. That's a killer. That's that's a freebie seven. That was a breakdown by Marshall and just could not connect. I think Drew will be okay throwing that deep ball. Again, take care of the football. That's my biggest concern going into this game and the other games that Pine is going to start this season. So what is the strength of of Drew Pine as a quarterback. Here was Tommy Reese's answer. Um, Drew's care factor is about as high as anyone you can be around. And, you know, I told Drew, we're in a tough spot right now, and obviously we're, we feel for Tyler, but we think, you know, Drew's the perfect guy right now, you know, for this opportunity. And uh, he's got high energy, high care factor. He knows the playbook, he has the respect of his teammates, and, you know, we don't expect, you know, 
anything less than that from Drew, and he expects that of himself. And, you know, he's prepared himself for this for a long time, so we trust him. So his strengths are he cares, high energy, knows the playbook, and has the respect of his teammates. So that's what we're building on as the Irish get set to take on California this Saturday, 2.30 kickoff here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Hopefully the guy that was using the leaf blower is not going to be near the field on Saturday. All right, 27 minutes after 5 o'clock. Darren Pritchett with you. Budweiser's weekday sports beat on WSBT Radio is brought to you by Budweiser, the king of beers, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend football fans. This Bud's for you. By Tim Ground State Farm Insurance for surprisingly great rates that fit anyone's budget. Call Tim at 574-232-9981. By Midland Engineering Company, beginning their second century of quality roofing experience. The Mishawaka Education Foundation, granting a better future. South Bend Orthopedics, team physicians for the University of Notre Dame since 1949. Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, serving our community while serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978. Legacy Heating and Air, a Cook family business. The Food Bank of Northern Indiana. September is Hunger Action Month. How will you choose to help end hunger? Learn more at feedindiana.org. By Four Winds Casinos, your entertainment escape must be 21 years old. Please play responsibly. And by Pet Refuge, urging you to adopt Don't Shop, where new beginnings have happy endings. Coming up, you'll hear from Irish defensive coordinator Al Golden, the state of the defense, through two games next. It is our Twitter question of the day on Sports Radio 960 WSBT, streaming live at WSBTradio.com on the WSBT Radio app and live on the Twitch app. You can listen to Budweiser's weekday sports beat live or on demand with our free WSBT Radio app. Just search WSBT Radio in the App Store and Google Play. Now, back to local sports talk on Sports Beat with your host, Darren Pritchett. at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Welcome back to the program. Broadcasting live on 960 AM WSBT, WSBTradio.com, and our free WSBT radio app, as our wonderful voice guide just told you. The app is a free download at the iTunes or Google Play stores. Just search WSBT Radio. With the app, you can listen to our programs live or you can check out our podcast whenever you would like. Well, a rough, rough afternoon for the Chicago White Sox as they fall to the Colorado Rockies at Guaranteed Rate Field. Three to nothing, the Rockies beat Dylan Cease, who gave up three runs in five innings. The Sox had no answer for Kyle Freeland, the Rockies' left-hander, six and two-thirds of scoreless baseball, the Rockies' bullpen. Kept the White Sox off the board, and Colorado beat the White Sox 3-0. Meanwhile, Cleveland was able to win their game against the Angels 5-3. Cleveland scored two on the bottom of the eight to take the lead and win the ball game, and that means the White Sox now are four games out of first place in the AL Central, and Cleveland has won six in a row, eight of nine, as they continue to keep the White Sox arm length away. And I believe the Guardians now 
have a bunch of games coming up against the Twins and the White Sox as they look to close the deal in the AL Central. The White Sox, the heavy favorite to win the division at the start of the year. But the Sox playing mediocre baseball and the Guardians playing very well. They might just steal the AL Central. This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. All right, 536 at WSBT. It's time for our Twitter question of the day. Let's start by reminding you of what yesterday's question was. And on yesterday's program, I asked you this. Based on your preseason expectations, and now you have seen this team play two football games, what has you most concerned about where the Irish stand right now? Here are your four choices. Number one, inexperienced head coach. Choice number two, the offensive play calling. Choice number three, fourth quarter defense. And choice number four, the team is now starting a backup quarterback. So again, of these choices, what concerns you most about the Notre Dame football team right now? Let's go through the results. You voted at 960 Sportsbeat on Twitter. Fourth place in the voting, 11.4% of the vote. Fourth quarter defense. You take away the fourth quarter, the Notre Dame defense has held up pretty well. Now, they've not turned over the opposition. Four sacks through two games, three of those against Marshall. You know, they're doing a pretty solid job so far, but... It's just kind of head-scratching that that defense has given up a 90-yard fourth-quarter touchdown drive in each of their first two games. The Ohio State touchdown put the game away. The Marshall 90-yard touchdown drive put them ahead to stay. So, yeah, that's a bit surprising, especially since Notre Dame has been so good in fourth quarters for many years now. So fourth quarter defense got 11.4% of the vote. Third place in the voting at 17% of the vote. The Irish are now playing their backup quarterback. I'm a little surprised that got as much play as it did. We know about Drew Pine. Heck, last year, after the game at Soldier Field when Pine came in in the second half, Defense and special teams had a lot to do with the success of the team in the second half, but Pine led the offense with Cone Hurt. I had to fend off boatloads of fans wanting Pine to start. I felt like at the time that Jack Cone still gave them the best chance to win. And I felt that way throughout the year. Pine never got on the field again after that Wisconsin game. So a lot of people were on the Pine bandwagon last year. In this vote, 17% are concerned about playing a backup quarterback. 
What about the Notre Dame football team concerns you the most right now? Second in the voting at 29.5%. The Irish have an inexperienced head coach. Here's the good news. Terrific leader. The football team listens to him. He has their ear. I highly doubt the room is fracturing after an 0-2 start and all the frustration. I think there's a good group of captains. Marcus has a good handle on that leadership trait. Now making adjustments on offense during the game. I'm not sure where he is. Now you know he can help on defense. So 29.5% say their biggest concern is having an inexperienced head coach. Winning the vote, 42% offensive play calling. Now I had Tommy Reese's back after the Ohio State game because he had orders to put together a game plan that was going to focus on running the football, milking the clock, and keeping Ohio State's offense off the field. While I had his back, I also said you can be a little more creative offensively without leaving that conservative nature. Last week, I think as the game went on, his play calling fit what Notre Dame needed. Got the ball out of Buckner's hand a little quicker. Got the ball into the hands of playmakers like Styles and Mayer. Still didn't get it to Tyree, but I have a feeling that's coming. But at the end of the day, 15.5 points per game is what fans look at. And 42% of you say the biggest concern for you right now with this Notre Dame team is offensive play calling. We appreciate you voicing your opinion. Thank you very much. And in just a second, we're going to post today's Twitter question of the day. And this is what is going to be posted during the next commercial break. I thought it posted. I think we had a little technical difficulty, so... We'll reset the Twitter question here during the commercial break. But today's question, which team will win the most regular season games this year? Again, which team will win the most regular season games this year? You get three choices. Keep in mind, college regular season 12 games, NFL 17 games. So who's going to win the most games? The Fighting Irish football team, the Chicago Bears, or the Indianapolis Colts? Who's going to win the most regular season games? Irish, Bears, Colts. Obviously, the Bears and Colts have more games than the Irish, but there are a handful of gimme games you would think on the Notre Dame schedule. While in the NFL, there really are no gimme games. I mean, the Colts haven't won in Jacksonville since 1775, it doesn't feel like. And they got them this week. So we'll put that up during the commercial break. We'd love for you to vote on my Twitter account at... 960 Sports Beat. Who's going to win the most regular season games? Irish, Colts, or the Bears? Who got the Packers this week? Who's the favorite? I think the Packers, did I see favored by nine? Mm, mm, mm. That offense with those wide receivers, hard to imagine they're favored by nine in a game at this point. But it wasn't like the Bears tore it up on offense for 60 minutes. They made plays late to beat the 49ers. To be fair, Justin Fields throwing the ball in a heavy rainstorm, not exactly a great thing. All right, so that's our Twitter question of the day. 543, you'll hear from Irish defensive coordinator Al Golden next on WSBT. 
Marshall with a crucial down here, third down and goal from the three. Ball placed middle of the field. Columbia, the quarterback, standing on his eight-yard line with Ethan Payne to his right. Takes the shotgun snap, wants the pass, backing up, drifting left, runs across the 10, throws back over the middle. Touchdown, Marshall. Columbia brought extra time, shifting and backing up to his left, turned his shoulders and found tight end Devin Miller back as he cut across the middle. 5-16 left in the game. Marshall now leads Notre Dame 18-15. Lifts his leg. There's the snap. He drops back. Has time. Looks to the far side. Throws. Ball picked off. This will be a pick six for Marshall. 10-5. Touchdown. Thundering her. Marshall now leads Notre Dame 25-15 with 4.35 left in the game. That was Paul Burmeister, the voice of the Irish on the Notre Dame Radio Network, heard on WSBT Radio last Saturday. You will hear Paul and Ryan Harris once again this Saturday, 2.30 kickoff at the stadium. The 0-2 Fighting Irish taking on the 2-0 California Golden Bears from the Pacific 12 Conference. Let's talk some Irish defense as we continue on Budweiser's weekday sports beat. On Sports Radio 960 WSBT, Darren Pritchett with you, 549 on this Wednesday evening. Well, the Fighting Irish held up very well against that high-powered Ohio State passing attack two weeks ago. 21 points allowed to Ohio State. Yeah, that's probably a game that you feel like you could have and should have won when you hold that offense to half of their normal production. Then against Marshall, Marshall had 24 players with Division I, Power Five experience who transferred. And throughout their football team, hey, they played a very solid football game. They took advantage of an Irish team that is still looking for an offensive identity and looking to finish off games in the second half defensively. But the Irish have played well enough defensively to win the first two games. Now keep in mind, Marshall scored 26 you had points coming off the pick six thrown by Tyler Buckner in the fourth quarter. So all in all, the defense has room to improve in some areas, but it is a team that has played well enough to be 2-0 so far this year. Now, Al Golden is a first-year defensive coordinator. He comes to the Irish from the Cincinnati Bengals, a part of the Super Bowl last year. Of course, the Irish had to wait for Al to get done with that great run to the Super Bowl with Cincinnati, a guy with a lot of head coaching experience. Did an amazing job to turn around a Temple program that was dead and buried. He brought it back to life, went down to Miami, had some success, not patient there in hurricane land, and Al Golden, unfortunately, was sent packing, now in charge of this fighting Irish defense. So here's a guy with head coaching experience. He has had to deal with adversity as a head coach, building a Temple program and then dealing with, I can only imagine, everything surrounding being the Miami Hurricane head football coach. Golden yesterday, meeting the media, was asked how he's helping a first-time head coach in Marcus Freeman through a tough spot right now with the Irish 0-2. I say it all the time, I'm here to serve Marcus, so if, if there's something that he wants to run by, I'm there for him, but right now, He's got such a good pulse on this team and what we need to do. Uh, and it has such consistent messaging 
Um, look, at the end of the day, we're all disappointed um, because we didn't get we didn't get them a win. You know, we didn't get them a win this week, and and uh, that you know that's what we're fighting for. We're fighting to to, to get Kosha win because uh, that's what he deserves right now. He's been working like crazy, and uh, he's he's as consistent as can be. His messaging hasn't changed with, with the team. Um, certainly disappointed. We're all disappointed, but. Um, when your head coach is, you know, the leader and takes accountability and, and you know, sets the, the tenor, if you will, and the focus of the program, then you, you have a lot of respect for that man. So whatever I got to do to help him, I'm there for him. Uh, and uh, he's a long timer. So he's, 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 he's setting the focus for this program for a long time to come and, and we'll deliver for him. The comments of defensive coordinator, Al Golden sounds like his door's open. If Marcus needs anything, he's there for them. You get the sense from that comment, he's letting Marcus be Marcus, and if some help is needed, he is ready to help. Well, this Fighting Irish football team has right now rushed for 206 yards, rushing defense 391 yards, the opposition averaging 195 yards per game against this Fighting Irish defense, 46 Yards per carry, two rushing touchdowns for the opposition against the Notre Dame defense so far this year. Al Golden on stopping the run a little better. What needs to happen? We, we have to do a better job tackling, number one, and then our, our fourth quarter execution has to improve, and, and, and uh, that's on me. i got to do a better job putting them in position to, to execute in the fourth quarter, and, uh, and we got to do a better job tackling as a, as a unit in general. It just seems like across the country, tackling is always something that is slow, getting out of the gate. A lot of teams don't hit a whole lot. It seems like Notre Dame was very physical in fall camp, so could be considered surprising the inconsistencies right now in tackling. But one thing I think that can really help this football team, obvious if you tackle better, you're limiting extra yards. So let's put the obvious out there, and now let's move a little deeper into this. If you become a football team that is a reliable tackling football team, the first guy gets to the tackler, or I'm sorry, the first defender gets to the offensive player with the ball. You get him under control. You wrap him up. The second and third player don't necessarily have to go for that kill shot. They can try to strip the football away from the offensive player. Now, it has become very popular to use that club whack at the football where you make a fist and you try to basically like a jackhammer, knock the ball out of the hand with a punch. Peanut Tillman made an art of that with the Chicago Bears a few years ago. But you need to be able to have people making the tackle for the extra guys to come in to try to rip that football away. So better tackling can lead to the obvious. Less yardage for the opposition, but it also opens the door for some opportunities to take the ball away. And this just in, Notre Dame has not taken the ball away from the opposition through two football games. Yeah, we can we can mix it up and do a better job with that. So, again, we've limited, you know, uh, explosives. We have, you know, kept the points down. Uh, but what we haven't done is turn the field on a, a takeaway. So takeaways, um, more you know, more hits and, and sacks on the quarterback, all of those things, kind of what you're alluding to, and that you're accurate. We can do a better job with that for sure. And then what does that lead to? Possibly 
getting the football in plus territory. And when your offense is 117th in the country in scoring at 15.5 points per game, they need help. They need a boost. You cannot rely on that offense to go 12 plays, 80 yards for a touchdown. Defense is doing the best they can. They're doing a pretty good job of keeping points off the board. And you hate to get greedy, but the ability to turn over the opposition in plus territory would be a big boost for Tommy Reese and this Fighting Irish offense as they look to find their identity, they look for consistency, better execution, all that with now a brand-new starting quarterback. So we talked about the run defense needs to be a little better. Tackling can help that, not taking the ball away. They do have four sacks, three against Marshall. So what about some positives right now? Here are some of the things that Al Golden, the Irish defensive coordinator, is pointing to that he likes about this defense right now. We're limiting the explosive plays um, and, you know, the, the playmakers. Um, uh, from that standpoint, um, we've been gritty in the red, you know, holding them some field goals and a missed field goal in, at Ohio State. Um, our sudden change defense has been good. In other words, you know, we get a turnover on downs or there's a turnover, our guys go out there and, and fight. It's not like we just cave and, and they score. Um, and there's been other things, you know, there's other things that, that are positive and right now are, are, we want to keep those there. Uh, obviously always trying to improve, but the things that we've got to fix, you guys have already mentioned, and, and trust me, those are the things that we're, we're working on right now. All right, so those are a couple of positives. Don't mean to go back to a negative, but it's worth pointing out. You look at this defense over the first three quarters of the first two games, they have allowed a total of 26 points. But in the fourth quarter of the first two games, they've allowed 21 points. And third down efficiency for the opposition is way too good right now. The Notre Dame defense is not getting off the field at the rate that they want. Opposing offenses right now picking up the first down on a third down play 42% of the time. In comparison, the Notre Dame offense third down conversion rate 7 of 26 for 27%. Get to that quarterback. Boy, that can take care of a lot of ailing parts of your football team. I tell you, a real positive, Tariq Bracey's been doggone good playing in the nickel. It is not easy being the nickel. He's got some tough assignments, a lot of real estate to cover, but he has been outstanding so far for this Irish defense. And the job of the corners get a whole lot easier when you can get consistent pressure on the quarterback. Cal, Cal Berkeley, They've allowed six sacks in two games. Those six sacks, not to Alabama, Clemson, Texas A&M, no, to Cal Davis and UNLV. Six sacks in two games to those two teams. Isaiah Foskey, Howard Cross, Adam Iola, Mills, go get your guy Plummer, and let's see that football come free and give the offense some really good field position. Heck, let's get greedy, pick it up and score, and just allow the offense to continue to lounge on the bench. All right, 5.59 is our time. How about some Notre Dame defensive keys for Saturday's game? Maybe I offered a couple of right there. We'll go through the list coming up in a couple of moments after a Sports Center update, which is just a couple of moments away 
Also, Mike Singer coming up. Notre Dame football recruiting insider, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. We're going to talk about the future of the Notre Dame quarterback position, tying in recruiting and the Buckner injury. So we'll have a spirited conversation coming up as Sportsbeat continues. 5.59 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Welcome to another installment of Mike Singer talking Notre Dame football recruiting on Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Mike is the Notre Dame football recruiting insider at Blue and Gold Illustrated. You can read all of his work at blueandgold.com. Mike, I want to talk about the future of Notre Dame football at the quarterback position. Tyler Buckner, sophomore quarterback, gets injured in his second start at Notre Dame. Lost for four months, which means he has lost for the season. But as I look at big picture, there are now 10 football games that he will not participate in. And those are 10 games that could help him become a better quarterback for 2023. The 22 playoff run is over. It's all now about getting this football team better, winning games now, and getting them ready for 2023. So at the quarterback position, Mike, we have Tyler Buckner. We'll see how Drew Pine performs. Maybe he's an option next year. Your guy, Steve Angeli, is a freshman. He's now one snap away from being the starting quarterback of this football team. But as we've talked about for so long, the Irish don't have a quarterback commit for the class of 2023. And I've mentioned to you, if Buckner plays well, then maybe you can ease right into C.J. Carr in 2024. But if Buckner is not the guy, hypothetically, to me, not having a 23 quarterback looms larger and larger. Am I being fair in that part of the conversation? Well, Darren, that was like a minute 40 intro, so I don't know. There's a lot of things to talk about. (laughs) I would first push back on the they are 0-2, they lost to Marshall. The seasons, we're just looking ahead to next year. I think us as media and – and look ahead to next year. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking, like, you know, if I'm in that locker room, um, you know, some fifth-year senior, I'm like, ah, screw next year. I want to go 10-2 and, and go play in a, in a bowl game, in a major bowl game. Um, so I think that's that's my first thought. You're going to learn a lot about Drew Pine. Um, Darren, there's so, so many uh, variables here. You really can't look ahead – and talk about what 2023 will look like at the quarterback position until you see what happens this fall. I, I, I mean, does if Drew Pine comes out and he's just an absolute stud, you know, he's a, uh, you know, uh, Ian book becomes a poor man's Drew Pine. Like what, what if that happens? What if Drew Pine just is a complete baller this season? Then it's like, all right, Pine, you go in with a quarterback battle thinking Pine's the guy still got someone who's played a lot of football uh, coming off an injury, non-throwing shoulder in Buckner. And it's like, all right, then I got Jelly, maybe take a flyer on some 2023 quarterback. Or and then you got CJ Carr in the future. Now you're like, all right, dang, this looks like pretty good. You got still got Ron Paulus as a good practice arm. And then things are, are, are looking very good. Maybe Carr even reclassifies. So in that case, yeah, things could be looking good. Or if Pine – you know, is not the guy, and uh, then do you see much of Angeli? How does Steve Angeli look? 
what what does Buckner's recovery look like? Do you need a grad transfer or just a if Notre Dame can get an undergrad transfer? Is that something that's needed? Does Carr reclassify? How does Buckner's injury affect Carr's decision to potentially join this 2023 class, which I wrote about the latest of what I was hearing on Tuesday night at blueandgold.com in an article called Lucky Charms. So, Darren, I'm answering your question, which I don't even know if there's a question in there, with more questions. So that's just kind of where we're at. More questions than answers. In terms of Carr, let me just ask this. Does he want to reclassify? Does he not want to reclassify? Is Notre Dame pushing this? How should the average fan understand this whole process? CJ Carr is a brilliant young man who I I think my, my understanding is he could skip his senior year of high school. Like how things stack up with his academics um, is he could get into Notre Dame, um, you know, after the, I would assume it wouldn't be this semester. I would assume he'd have to finish the next semester and then he could be at Notre Dame for the fall of 2023. Notre Dame has talked about like, look, guys, Notre Dame struck out at 2023 quarterback. I mean, uh, the guys they could have landed. If you, I, I bet if, if Tommy Reese could go back in time, be like, I'll take Avery Johnson, I'll take Jackson, like I'll go harder on Jackson Arnold, or you know whatever the case may be. There, do my push even harder for Chris Vizina. It's at the time site. You know you're not getting Dante Moore, so it's like go harder on those three guys. Um, but uh, yeah, going back to Carr, look, Notre Dame struck out. I think their best option right now, as things stand currently, their best quarterback they could get in 2023 is someone who's committed to them in 2024, and that's Carr. He's an elite player, and he's a little bit older for his age, so he could reclassify, um, and it's not like he's going to come to Notre Dame at 17 years old or something. So um, Notre Dame wants him to. They're not pushing him. They're not guilting him from what I'm told. It's his choice at the end of the day. Carr is focused on his 3-0 Celine Michigan high school team. Um, I, I don't expect any kind of decision um, to be made, you know, and, and put out there anytime soon, really, Darren. I mean, you, if you're Notre Dame, you want to know soon because you've got to figure out who your quarterback's going to be. But Carr, I, I don't think he's going to want to do something to, you know, distract his team right now. But the thing is, Mike, if we're just focused on – starting quarterback for 2023, even if Carr reclassifies, it's not like he can enroll early, you wouldn't think, which would make it seem highly unlikely he would be a strong candidate to start in 23 because he would arrive over the summer. Yeah, I mean, it would. if Notre Dame keeps a 2023 quarterback, who is they going to just take a flyer on some kid? If, if I'm Notre Dame, I, I feel like I'd rather have Carr in 23, and then at least you're, you can still have so much time to go get a really good quarterback in 24. So I'm thinking about this as long-term instead of just what's best for 2023 because you have, you'd have a really good QB in the 23 cycle in Carr, and then 24 you can go get someone else. There's still so many uncommitted quarterbacks. You wouldn't be that late on anybody at this point. I think people would kind of – if I'm a recruit in 24, I'd understand the situation of why Notre Dame's just now offering me if Carr did reclassify. 
Um, but yeah, Darren, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I thought Notre Dame should have taken a transfer quarterback this past offseason. We talked about that. I, I, and did I say that then? I don't remember. I don't yeah, remember. We had the conversation, and then soon after, Keaton Slovis came out and admitted that Notre Dame was the first team to call him the USC quarterback who eventually went to Pittsburgh. So we at least had that conversation. Is that the right thing to do? And if it was the right thing to do last summer, and obviously they contacted someone, I don't see how it's not a bad thing to do this year. And I know that may ruffle some feathers and make the quarterback room you know, pretty full, but hey, kids come and go like nothing anymore with the transfer portal, so I got to continue to add. Completely agree. Yeah, it's, you know, I, yeah, kid can go and start somewhere else if, if he's not happy. But I mean, at the end of the day, you know, if I'm Marcus Freeman, Tommy Reese, I'm thinking, hmm, what's more important to me, winning games and keeping my job or not ruffling Johnny's feathers? You know, like, you've you got to win games. And um, knock on wood, Drew Pine stays healthy and is the guy. But if he's not, you got to think to yourself, man, if we could have gotten Keaton Slovis, how much, I mean, are, are we still feeling really good about this football team right now? You know the talent on this football team. You have watched the recruiting process. You've broken down film. You've talked to these guys. So you know the type of football team they could have in 2023. If you don't have a quarterback, it's wasted. And you just can't go into next year with any ifs, ands, or buts, in my opinion, with the possibilities on this football team. That's why I sit here today not knowing who Tyler Buckner is going to be. Drew Pine, I don't have huge expectations, so that's why I'm already kind of going down that road of C.J. Carr. Is he an option? Is a transfer an option? Mike, I just think this football team is too good to have question marks at the quarterback position going into next year. That's why... I think the grad transfer route is something they definitely have to pursue and see what they can come up with. What's today, Darren? September 14th? 14th. Let's talk about that later. Talk about, I agree with the basic premise of, I think Notre Dame should have got a transfer quarterback this past offseason, especially with the options that were out there. I'm sure there are going to be some good quarterbacks out there who transfer. So I'm, I'm sure that Notre Dame will, will look at those options. Um, but yeah, it, it's just like I said earlier, there's a lot of things that are going to happen between now and the end of the season where we'll have a better idea of what that should look like. Let me ask one more question in regard to quarterback. Does going out and get a grad transfer quarterback hurt quarterback recruiting at all? Shouldn't okay. Yeah, that that's. I mean, that's all. You'd have to ask the young man the question, the the, the quarterback recruit. But no, because if if you're if I'm a freshman coming in, I mean, I'm probably not going to start anyway. So what does some fifth year guy is going to be there for a year? Okay. What does that do to me? And the, the the bigger impact is if they take two in your class, like or you know, if you take a, if you're a freshman coming in and they bring in a sophomore or, or something like that. Um, so yeah, I, I, it, so my answer in short is to say it shouldn't. I probably should have mentioned Steve Angeli a little more in this conversation, right? My boy. I know. I'm sorry. I believe it. I believe in the young man. I know you do. I've I've been saying for a while that 
I don't know if it's going to be at Notre Dame or not, but the young man's going to go out there. He's going to impress people. Darren, he's now the number two quarterback on this team, right? I've been checking in with some people and being like, hey, how's, how's, you know, how is he handling this? Look, the young man is the same whether he's in a, you know, a, a, a tornado or he's on a beach. He's just <laughs> calm, cool, and collected. He's it, same old Steve. Same old Steve. He's, he's just a great, great kid, great leader. I think he's a darn good quarterback, too. So we'll see. Okay. You want to talk about other parts of Notre Dame football? You sure? Yeah, that was 12 minutes of quarterback talk. That's a short conversation, actually, nowadays. <laughs> How about Jeremiah Love, who visited Notre Dame? Yeah, so he was just on campus um, yeah, on Saturday. So I went out and that was high school Friday and saw him playing a game. And uh, I guess a few hours afterwards, he got in a, hopped in a car with his mom and dad and headed out to South Bend and, um, yeah, took in the, the Notre Dame loss, but still had a really good time. Darren, we always talk about this, and, you know, oh, man, Notre Dame lost to Marshall. Ain't no, no recruits want to come here. Nah. If you love Notre Dame and you're like, oh, now they're losing a game. Heck, I can play even earlier. Like, oh, they, they need an offensive weapon? Hey, hey, I'm here. I'm Jeremiah Love. I can, I can do that. So I, I don't – I'm not overreacting to that. I don't think Love is. And uh, he's, a, he's a freak show of, of a talent, Darren. I mean, he can play any position on the field, maybe other than center. And, uh, yeah, Notre Dame would be uh, uh, very lucky if they're able to get him, just in terms of his talent, because any school would be lucky. So – Looks like Notre Dame and A&M battle, Darren. Um, and both schools coming off an embarrassing loss to the Sunbelt program. And uh, right now I do fancy the Irish to land them. I learned what you just said in 2007. There was this Manti Teo guy came from Hawaii. We're having a snowstorm in South Bend. And Notre Dame wasn't very good. They got upset by Syracuse that day. You know what? Things worked out okay. It worked out just fine. Manti, who Speaking will be back of, on campus after on, this weekend. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. How about that? All right, 2,025 players. Man, oh, man, I can't believe we're talking about 2,025 players. So how far along are the Irish in looking and talking and or reviewing 2,025 players? Yeah, so, no, I mean, this is, during the fall is a good chance for Notre Dame to in, invite 25 kids that they're aware. I mean, they're, they're reviewing film a lot of times, had some guys on camp or excuse me, on campus just to see them work out for a camp. So they invite them to games this fall. Like Notre Dame had, um, you know, a, a really good linebacker, um, a good quarterback from the Midwest. So you, you have some of these guys on campus. Um, you you view the, review their film in the fall as well to see their sophomore seasons. Notre Dame's already offered a handful of class of 2025 players as well. So it's a lot of early work, prep work, get these guys on campus. A lot of the players – in that uh, sophomore class right now who are, are visiting won't get an offer from the Irish until several months from now. Maybe they don't even have an offer, but then they're going to blow up and Notre Dame is going to come in and offer them. So you want to just get these young men on campus. So when you do offer, they already know about South Bend. They've seen touchdown Jesus. Um, you know, they've seen the golden dome. They've been inside the stadium. Um, so it's just a good opportunity for the staff to kind of start planting those seeds. I won't ask about 2025 quarterback prospects. We'll save that for another day, okay? Yeah, they haven't offered anybody there yet, so we can wait. Okay. All right, so let's just go down the road of commitments. Right now, their high school football season's well underway. 
Is there one player that has really stood out that has kind of blown up or maybe they're doing what they're supposed to do, but give me a name of a player that has impressed you so far. I'm going to the state of Texas and Notre Dame's got four commitments in, in the state. Three of them I've been very impressed with. Oh, it's not that Micah Bell has an impressive. I just haven't seen any stats or film on him. So I, how am I supposed to be impressed with Micah Bell? It's like, oh, he should be ranked higher. I, I don't – what am I supposed to do? Go down there and see him every game. So, Rico, uh, excuse me, uh, Jaden Greathouse from Austin, West, Texas, Westlake. He's, I thought he's been outstanding this fall. Uh, Peyton Bowen, the five-star safety from Denton, Texas, Guyer, outstanding. Pick six in his first game all over the field. Um, and then uh, the other receiver, another receiver commit for the Irish, Braylon James from Stony Point in Round Rock, Texas, outside the Austin area. Big play machine. Those three guys, Darren, for me, in like answering this question that I get a lot, like who's looking good for the Notre Dame commits on the high school scene, I'm all about production. Production, production, production. Those three have been fantastic. And uh, also throw in Drake Bowen, no relation to Peyton um, from uh, Andrian High School in Maryville. Both sides of the ball, toting the rock as well as bringing down ball carriers. I thought he's, he's he's just such a great athlete, strong, physical. He keeps getting bigger, but he's not losing the speed. Drake Bowen's a fantastic player. And Peyton Bowen is still getting talked to by SEC schools, but he seems to be absolutely locked in on the fighting hours right now. You, I think I'm not putting words in your mouth. You still feel pretty confident about Bowen and Notre Dame. Would not say absolutely locked in because he's, you know, I think he's just at was it Oklahoma, Oklahoma, no Texas A&M last weekend and Oklahoma this weekend or vice versa. So he's still visiting these programs. So I wouldn't say absolutely locked in, but it's it's a battle for the Irish, and they know that. Hmm. Okay. Well, you guys have had a lot of coverage, win or lose, at Blue and Gold Illustrated, Blue and Gold. Com. We haven't been in this spot in a long time, being 0-2. We are normally looking at the polls and who needs to lose for the Irish to be in the playoff picture. A little different story this year, but the coverage doesn't stop at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. I think I saw the ESPN FPI has Notre Dame at like 16th nationally. So if you want to look at that bogus ranking, then um, feel good about it, Notre Dame. Then there you go. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, the, you know Tyler and Patrick at Blue and Gold do a great job, uh, and Todd Burlidge walking down coverage of the Notre Dame football team, and um, I've got you covered on the recruiting side of things. So I'll have an article Thursday looking at who's coming in this weekend, including a four-star receiver from California, an official visit, it's a big one. So um, yeah, I, the 2023 class of the Irish is mostly done, but still some work to do, and we'll cover it on our on our website. One dollar for one year of access. Any road trips coming up? Going to see any players anytime soon? Charlotte, Friday, Jack Larson, 2024, tight end commits. Um, nice four-hour drive, stay in the hotel, and come back the next morning and, and, and watch the Cal game. And I got invited to a tailgate at the game. So, you know, get to eat some free food. So that's always nice. When you go to a tailgate like that, do you get peppered with recruiting questions? I I. I actually have never been to a, a tailgate that I, I've, of a game, you know, I'm covering. So I don't know. Oh. I don't know. I'll let you know. Ask, ask me next week. Okay. When I usually go out and about or working, it's like, how about the Irish? They're zero and two. So be prepared. Yeah. When people know my job, I get just the weirdest questions. <laughs> Why do you live in Atlanta? 
you know, if you work for Notre Dame, I'm like, oh, jeez. Don't, don't work for Notre Dame. I'd probably make more money if I did. I'm just kidding. But, yeah. Good to talk to you as always. And is the $1 deal still going? Still going. Still going strong. Yeah, so sign up. Head to the site, $1 for one year. Your first year is just a dollar of access. So all the content on our website, football team, the recruiting, the message board, yeah, all for a buck. Very good. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the tailgate. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Sounds good. Thank you, Darren. That's Mike Singer, Notre Dame football recruiting insider, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. Sports Beat continues in just a moment on your home of the Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 